0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody. Welcome back. Another edition of the OG triple option presented by Knowles 24, seven sports guys. Can you smell it? That's the season, and it's upon us. I am ready to go. We are going to be talking about offensive previews, specifically how we think, we're doing a little prognostication, how we think Florida State's offense is going to look in 2022 based on building it around Jordan Travis and what Mike Norvell has done in the past, almost how we would build the offense around Jordan Travis in 2022, based on some of the stuff that we've seen Mike Norvell do in the past in Memphis and some of the stuff we've seen Alex Atkins, the new OC, do at Charlotte. Guys, how are you doing? Because
1: I am doing great. I'm ready to roll. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, dude. Back down in Tallahassee, back down here camping out in the IPF. I mean, just love jet set
0: son of a bitch brother absolutely all over the place you're not even a ghost anymore your head's connected to your shoulders green screens all worked out kevin as once again the shelf looks lovely the mood lighting's on point you're always ready to go how are you doing
2: (laughs) yeah i'm doing great i'm ready for uh the seasons to start and this is kind of our first season preview it kind of feels like we've been talking fall camp fall camp um and so now now we're kind of looking towards real football, you know, uh, not practice, not
0: recruits, but actual football <laughs> camps are done. The real football is upon us. So we're going to get into that before we do. Got some really good stuff to tell you about. 50 percent off annual subscription to Knowles 247com Kevin, as always, 100 percent right. We're going to talk about some real deal. No BS football camp practice. Done. Don't have to talk about it. We're talking about games. We're getting into it. So you guys need to be a part of Knowles 24-7. Best crew, best info on the internet. You're going to get all of our videos, all the podcasts, all the VIP articles, all the recruiting stuff that's happening in the season. Do it 50% off. Save yourself some money. Also, subscribe to both YouTube channels. This one's going to be on the old faithful X's and Knowles YouTube channel because we're using the film. Subscribe to that one. Also subscribe to the Knowles 24-7 YouTube channel. That's where you're going to get a lot of stuff we're going to do on the bench. a lot of Got a lot of fun surprises, which will be announced soon. Really, really fun, interesting shows. So do that. Subscribe to both. Pop your notifications on. And, of course, as always, if you can't watch, which I know you want to shield your eyes from these horrifying triple faces that we have here, <laughs> if you can only bear to yourselves to listen to our voices and you're joining us on the On The Bench Podcast Network audio feed, Guten Tag, and welcome. Uh, feel free, man. It's like it's like black coffee. Like Eventually, you'll get used to our faces. Eventually, you just got to keep exposing yourself to it. Get your tolerance up.
1: This is now worth with, way more than a buck a, uh, buck a month, I can tell you that.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Here you go, competition <laughs> man. Well, listen, he is fired up on competition. I'm fired up to talk about what we think is going to happen. Now, listen. We're talking about this, and this is our offensive preview. We're going to do a little bit differently because we're going to use, we've always talked about on the show, if you watch the triple option, a running theme has kind of been what Mike Norvell is doing at Florida State versus what he did at Memphis. There were a lot of things that Mike Norvell tailored to the Florida State offense due to the personnel or lack of personnel that he had at some of these positions. And we had done a lot of review on Memphis film where some things didn't carry over. This year, we think that's going to be a little bit different. We do think that while not ideal, at all positions he has enough weapons to where we think he's going to start incorporating some of the stuff that he did at Memphis and some of the stuff that Alex Atkins did at Charlotte into our offensive preview. So, it's it's a little bit of prognostication, a little bit of analysis, and of course, the the foundation, the building block of all of this is how do you build it around Jordan Travis? Kevin, what do you think? Did I did I explain that cogently enough?
2: I, th- I think you nailed it, and I think um, a lot of this conversation is actually going to be looking towards what Mike Norvell did differently. So um, I think before we do that, I think we should probably jump into kind of the bread and butter, uh, where Florida State really made their living last year, if you if you want to say that. Um, but Florida State ran a lot of counter, and counter is is one of those plays that... Uh, if you're looking at the, the blackboard here, so counter has a lot of, uh, down blocking. It's technically what, what, what you call a gap scheme, uh, where, uh, these guys, um, are blocking a gap more specifically, they block down on a man, and then you have some pullers. So usually this, uh, this guard will kick out with the tight end kicking through and picking up any sort of linebacker that shows, and usually the running back goes through this nice hole that you have from the kickout blocks and the down blocks so um i think we have a clip Oh, nice picture yeah you like that Uh yeah, um, nice
0: wedding background the littles
2: so we can kind of see what that looks like in action so
0: um and as we're watching the clip Adam too i'm going to i'm going to talk to you afterwards after mm-hmm. you see the clip just why florida state had such an overall not an reliance, but such an abundance of this type of play like basically why we ran it uh compared to the person that we had and why yeah, we saw so true. much success with it mm-hmm.
2: so you're gonna see um in this play they don't necessarily they don't have the the tight end so that they're, they're gonna pull the guard and i believe this tackle uh you see the running back do a, a counter step before going up through the hole and uh you know, it was it's pretty successful play for them. Uh, AB, I believe you did a, did a little piece on Knowles two, four, seven kind of talking about their success with counter last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was really just the, it was looking at the run game numbers in general. Um, yeah, they had to lean on this and it was, I don't want to say it's outside of what Norvell and Atkins have done in the past. Uh, you know, if you look at the numbers, they've, He's always, he's Mike's always been a counter heavy coach, um, enjoys that play. And I believe Atkins uh, was similar at Charlotte. Um, It really just kind of fit what they needed to do. They needed to be able to uh, be deceptive with the run game. Um, You know, they needed to be able to pull people to create angles with the run game. And they also needed to try to utilize how teams were handling Jordan Travis. To take away his running ability, to set up some of these uh, these counter runs, so they used this play because it was really kind of the only strength that they could find in the run game. They were not able to move people up front, uh, man blocking. Yeah, they weren't able to zone 0.76. people. Um, you know, as you can see, you know, you look at the outside zone numbers there. We'll get to zone. that too for sure. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that inside zone. You know, you compare to the time in Memphis of 6.42 yards per play, you know, 5.79, which is not bad. Um, I don't want to pretend that that's bad. But that number, probably a lot of those yards came early in their season as they went on uh, with a lot of the injuries stacked up on the O-line. They, they kind of got away from that and were really, really forced to be a, a heavy counter team. Um, it really was the only thing that they could kind of find an, an advantage with. Yeah, and you can see it, it was pretty successful at 7.6 yards per player. Yeah, And again, I think that some of that is leans towards the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, you think of the Notre Dame game, uh, Jay Sean Corbin's touchdown game on counter-tray. I, I believe it was actually counter Y, so they pulled the pulled the tight end or the H back through like, uh, like Kev drew up there on the blackboard. But they, I mean, it, it was kind of all they had uh, in the run game just from the standpoint of you know, as Kev drew it up, they, they were able to get down blocks. They were able to get pullers, create extra gaps on the other side. Uh, you know, if a team was rotated one way with their, with their safety, when you start pulling those guys back the other way, it creates extra gaps and teams don't have a defender to, that can fit in there. And then you incorporate the need to try to account for Jordan Travis and what he can do as a runner. Um, yeah, I mean, it it, it creates – I think it slows down that pursuit – creates an extra gap and allows them to be more successful trying to run that. Now was the, the use of counter
0: and we'll see, I think that chart that you pulled up there, Kevin, as far as like the type of running plays, I think that was very eye opening. We can get into those numbers. Was it one of those things where it was a shotgun approach at the beginning of the year, Adam, where they tried inside zone, outside zone, didn't see success. They saw success with counter and they kept doing it. Or is it, did they not really try to implement those plays a lot at the beginning of the year?
1: They ran a lot of inside zone early. Um, you know, when you think of a counterplay, you think of it's coming off of something. They're setting yeah. something else up, and and it really isn't the case. Um, no, they
0: just ran it like they ran yeah. it naked. A yeah, they just ran yeah. it. It
1: was a, it was a it was really became their base run play uh, as the season went on. They tried to run inside zone. I think they found out w- with injuries and whatnot, and and talent level up front that they really were not going to be that successful. They did. They were able to hit it. Inside zone actually kind of became the counter off of counter, which is odd.
0: Yeah, you know, kind of reverse the order. Yeah, though, right? yeah.
1: So, you know, in a, in, a, in an essence, it successfully helped them set something else up. But, um, I mean, it, I'm not – you know, you don't see a lot of times where counter-tray is the, the, the bread and butter for a team. Um, You know, you think classically inside zone, outside zone. But, you know, with, with the personnel and what they had going on, I mean, they kind of had to lean on it. That's yeah, right. and so one that, thing oh, one thing ahead. I want
2: to point out before we get too far from counter is that they had because they had to base their run game off of counter it meant that they had to get kind of weird and kind of creative with it. So this is an example from the same game where um it's going to look like counter but they they've got the oop way too big of a line here. Um
0: <laughs> very thick.
2: Yeah, we're <laughs> instead of the pullers going with the the flow of the running back, the pullers are going to go this direction to pull, the. they they noticed that the linebackers were over-pursuing to the pulling linebackers. They were keying, or pulling linemen. They were keying the linemen, and so they were able to actually run against the extra gaps, um, which is kind of a bizarre play here, but um, they they ran it a few times throughout the back half of the season and found some success on it. You can see the, the linemen are pulling one direction, the eyes of the linebackers are going that way and the running back just kind of runs by them. And so because yeah. you're basing off a weird play, you have to kind of get weird. When playing. linebackers
1: are, when linebackers are key in on pulling guards and stuff like that, you're going to, you know, you're going to do some false pulling. They actually ran a similar play earlier in the game to the left side. That was, that was it turned into a, a first down kind of similar. So they did a lot of false pulling that game. They obviously had an idea of what was going on with the linebacker reads. So, if you know that those guys are going to be reading reading and keying guards, and they did because they were well, – I believe that's a game where they broke out the um, uh, toss read also. Yeah, I actually, um, to to get an image of what that looks like, I, I do have that clip. So so um, they, they, they what they did was they tried to give themselves an advantage by doing false pulls. They knew that what BC was going to do with their backers, and they were able to kind of out, just outrun everybody else to the – to the edge there um, after because they knew they were going to get the linebackers out of position with the fall. But court.
0: Adam, ideally as a run your run game guy, bread and butter through and through Certainly. your blood, your blood type is pound the rock. <laughs> um, is counter like having counter is your foundational run play that kind of all of your th- all of your branches are based off of is that ideal it sounds like that you start to get real complicated real fast and those linebackers can key on those pulling guys really quickly
1: yeah i mean it's okay you, you i don't think you want it to be everything you do um i mean it's not the end of the world it's you know it's a it's a good play you're seeing a lot of teams go to it now yeah. in college football um it's not I don't think it's what you would define as a classical uh, bread and butter run play, but it, you know, with so much going on, I do think it'll eliminate some of the regame stuff that you can do. Um, You know, you can read off a counter tray, but I do think it takes an element of that out um, which, you know, obviously we're talking about building an offense for Jordan Travis. Um, You know, with Jordan, you're going to want a read element. You're going to want him having the opportunity to pull the football So for Florida State and for Jordan Travis, I don't think you want it to be your bread and butter play, but I do think it's a play you want in your playbook. So that's
0: also based off of, like you said, so this first part of the conversation, we're talking about things that Mike Norvell has done at Florida State that we think they're going to continue to do in this year. They're still going to run counter. There's still going to be some triple option elements, some of that zone read. I mean, Jordan Travis, he he focuses so much attention on himself, whether he keeps it or not you can start to put some hesitation. So we think that that is something, the zone read stuff, the triple option stuff, we think that's still stuff that we're going to see this year, even though we
1: believe Jordan Travis has progressed as a passer, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to, right? I mean, it, he's an elite yeah. runner. He he may become a good passer this year or was a good passer last year at the end of the year and maybe becomes a a, a, a really good passer, whatever. But he's elite at running the football, and and road. he makes
0: good decisions in the option. Like he obviously, does. there's decision making question marks around like the pure drop back passing mm-hmm. game, but I don't remember too many egregious um, missed reads when it comes to mm-hmm. this type of stuff. No, he's got a good feel for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, he plays in space well. Um, Look
0: at that natural bubble that's created too. Look at how much space they get just from everybody. and everybody's looking at Jordan right now and so that's so the type of stuff pressure. we're talking about. Put
1: puts so much pressure on the defense, too.
0: And with the team where we have had personnel, talent kind of issues like we had across the offensive line, instilling some indecision into the defense so they can't mm-hmm. pin their ears back and just, like, wreak havoc, that's how they had to do in the past. So those are the yeah. things that we think are going to continue to move on. Now, Kevin, some things that we based off of, and we, I think it'd be helpful to pull up that play chart that you had. Yep some things that we think are going to be more incorporated this year into the office based on, like I said, no, like practice observation, things like that. thanks that Mike Norvell has done in the past. We think outside zone specifically and inside zone. We just think the zone, the zone running game is going to be a huge part. And if you could look like, see if you, the counter stuff. So highlight the zones and then counter for both. Yep. That especially for outside zone between 2019 Mims and twenty. 2021 fsu that is a that's a humongous discrepancy yeah
2: 117 plays versus 23 plays um that's 2019 versus 2021 so uh clearly they didn't trust uh this team or or they didn't feel like this was this past season was it was it was a strength to run outside zone and i think i think that's worth talking about because i think it's clearly something they wanted to run it was by far I guess it was their second most run, run play at Memphis. And it's, uh,
1: what it was a non-factor sixth sixth at Florida list? state last what year. It was I mean, a, it non-factor. Been. It's been a non-factor since they've got here. Yeah. Which is no. crazy to me.
0: And, and now why is that, Adam? Is that, is that a personnel thing? Like, yeah, is that I mean, an I athleticism think, I think, thing?
1: I think it's a personnel thing. I don't think they've, I don't think they've had the length on the edges that they need to, uh, you know, to be able to, to be able to, successfully run the play i also don't know if they've had the backs to run it um Hmm. you know with a play like outside zone you want to really be able to press that edge um you you know you're gonna you're really gonna press that edge and put some pressure on the defense get them flowing i'm not sure can you describe
2: a little bit of outside zone for
0: me
1: yeah i can um (laughs) so don't overexert yourself there big man (laughs) that was quite the side no it's okay it's all right um I want to make sure I describe this as accurate as possible. So yeah, it's
2: hard because there's there's stretch and outside zone and, and different terminologies for very similar yeah. plays. So it's hard to so
1: you're gonna read uh the, the the running back's gonna read the I believe it's the three tech the, the three to the five or it's the five to the three. I don't know. It's been a while since I've taught zone blocking, but so they're zone. gonna you're gonna read you're gonna read um two defensive linemen and everybody's going to be reaching. So I'll I'll just describe it as that there's obviously a little more technical uh, stuff to the blocking, but everybody's going to be reaching. So if the play's going to the right, everybody's going to reach to their right, trying to overtake. Now, if that, if, if the defensive lineman that you're accounting for, the player that shows in your gap as an offensive lineman wants to run to the outside, then you turn them and let, and take them to the outside. And then you kind of wash
0: them down the line Yeah,
1: and the back has to react off of that. So, I believe it the first read is the five for the or the the, the second, um, second defensive lineman yeah. for for the running back. So if that defensive end comes up the field, then the back's going to look to the three the, to the three technique or the one technique. Sorry, yeah. And uh, depending on how know, it's he's going to he's going to cut off of that. So there's a lot that goes into it. I'm trying to you know make this radio friendly. Also, well, it's. I think the easiest way, at least, how I've heard it described. So, and you can—I
0: say a lot of dumb stuff. So, correct me if I'm wrong. With like <laughs> gap and like man stuff, you're blocking men zone. You're literally mm-hmm. blocking a space. So, you're kind of all. It takes a lot of communication. It takes a mm-hmm. lot of movement on the line. A lot of like in step communication and movement. Yep. And then the back, it requires it. It, it gives the back a lot of autonomy, but it also yeah. requires a lot of vision because I do think in like those type of zone blocking scenes, Adam, they do have the the freedom to like hit the cutbacks right if Mm -hmm. it is open Mm -hmm. i i can think that and i don't know what the success rate against us but i feel like at the end of last year we actually got burned with some zone running plays as far as like people taking advantage of cutback lanes against us over pursuit so is this what it looks like at memphis kevin
2: yeah so this is the the cutback you're talking about he he runs he presses the hole to the outside but you Mm -hmm. can see that the defense is all kind of over pursuit expecting the outside zone so he cuts it back upfield
0: So it's almost like you're calling your base running play and there's the counter off of it. As you saw, there was a lot of like, like moves and counter moves that Mike Norvell would have to call. This is just kind of like a natural, Mm -hmm. this is just kind of like a natural taking advantage of that. Um, What, what is a, um, I guess, do you have any examples of like what like a true outside zone play looked like at Memphis and maybe an example of what we attempted to do at Florida state before we jettisoned it completely out of the repertoire
2: yeah, so that was that was an outside zone, uh kind of a cutback. But what it what it usually looks like if you're gonna be successful running it is so you um you really have two different ways you can run it. The offensive line either are gonna do a side step or a bucket step where they step backwards, but either way, what they're trying to do is, you know, get as horizontal as quickly as possible, right? Like A B was mm-hmm. saying, overtaking their defender. Um here you can see that. They are able to kind of get that edge, and the running back. Well, what happens is this: this linebacker. Um, I skipped to a different play, but uh, this linebacker in this play uh, over pursues here, and it opens up this gap. Or he's he's gone too far, and the defensive lineman hasn't overcome his offensive lineman, so that opens up this kind of a, a cutback lane in the middle of the field. Um, and it's a, it's a touchdown after a broken tackle.
0: Looks like a very natural base to, um, have some Jordan Travis keepers off of that. And like some right. reads and things like that, just well, based on what I'm looking, I think at 21, I think is the defensive back. I just, I see Jordan Travis having to beat one defensive back and that's effective from the left and the right side. Kind of like how you're calling
1: it a play. We talked about a lot, a play. We talked about a lot, um, in 2020 was midline and i believe they ran midline off of outside zone so you know you're talking about a play right there that we that we kind of we classified it as very successful for them in 2020 which you know there was a little very little success in that season but it was a play they ran pretty well and were able to bust out of times you know you start talking about incorporating read plays for Jordan Travis off of these run game plays off of the counter um, you know off of outside zone you know being able to run a play like midline yeah it just puts more stress on the defense I mean think about a, a, a defense fast flowing to try to defend uh, Trey Benson on an outside zone and then Jordan Travis is keeping the ball and that's yep. that that's going to put a lot of pressure on you as a defensive coordinator so I mean th- that's why a play like outside zone I think and it's going to set up some more stuff that we're going to talk about later but Mm-hmm. that's why Teaser. I think a play, getting a play like that back into your playbook and being able to run that would be, I think would go a long way to them having more success off offensively. You so, got AB. me
0: scared. You got me scared describing that situation. <laughs> I'm crapping my pants. Like Adam lame at the Birmingham bowl, dude, just a big old dump in my pants trying to think about that scenario. Go ahead, Kevin dumps aside.
2: So we do, we do have a, a clip of Florida state trying to run outside zone. They didn't run it a lot last year, but um, I think you could probably see why. So help me break this play down. A B. Mm -hmm. so we got outside zone um initially the the offensive line are trying to reach their men but what what kind of happens here
1: i mean everybody's just up the field on defense and they just nobody can overtake i mean so again it goes back to i think you know nat why don't we run it back to the beginning and we can talk about a little bit step by frame by frame here to me so right here you're going to get the Defensive end and the defensive tackle—they're—they're they're going to take a hard step up the field. The tight end is going to is going to reach outside, and he's going to—he should be helping. They, the tackle and the and the end should be working together up to a backer. The tackle ends up taking the end and gets up the field, and the tackle ends up turning him out, which is fine. That's okay. Tight end should continue working up, but what happens is Devontae Love Taylor, I believe a DLT, he ends up. Uh, getting beat up the field also so immediately where's your cutback it's it's kind of been eliminated right right they're 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 wrapping the backside tackle he's going to get thrown his backer let's let it keep going there it looks like gibbons is over has done a nice job blocking but then you've got pressure from the backside they've got it they've got jordan travis in the in the uh his secondary throw Kind of covered out there, so the cutbacks eliminated, and the play just gets whipped. I mean,
0: yeah, that's bad, dude. I mean, look at look at all that. um I mean,
1: he he, he ends up still ends up gaining three, which is
0: uh, that's somehow, pure that's pure running yeah, back. It's somehow yeah. a miracle.
1: <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, just get whipped off the field, and it's just there's not much you're going to do when you're getting beat like that. I'm sorry, I said DLT. It was uh, Maurice Smith. Okay, beat so be pretty good there. We expect,
0: we expect this year, like I said, just kind of based on what we've seen in the past, historical preferences, trends, you think, Adam and Kevin, that we have some more athletic talent on the offensive line to where this could be more incorporated as, do we think it could overtake counter as possibly the base of the offense?
1: I don't think it would be That's the a base huge
0: play. flip and from year to year. That's a big <laughs> flip.
1: I don't think it'd be the base, because if you go back to the numbers, it was never the base play it at Memphis either inside, well, zone, inside zone was inside zone yeah. was counter was right there also. And then it was kind of in outside zone. Um, but I, I it's gotta be a play that they run more. Uh, that, that's for sure. I, I don't know if it needs to be your base run play, but it's gotta be a play. You go to more inside zone or outside zone are, are foundational football plays in college football. And really in, at any level anymore, these are plays they've got to be able to run. You've got to be able to run it more than 23 times. That's um, just not, Yeah, it's gonna gonna, 3.39 yards per play. Yeah, you're gonna struggle because it just puts so much stress. You can't run up the middle all the time. You can't run in you can't run in B gap, C gap all the time. You've got to be able to stress a team on the edge with more than just a toss read or a quick throw by Jordan Travis. You've got to be able to run out there. You've got to start getting teams moving sideline to sideline if you're gonna have success in other areas.
0: Yeah, I got you. Get get the defense kind of flowing laterally rather yeah. than just Jordan Travis run be downhill
1: in your face, right? I mean, yeah,
0: exactly. Which we saw in that clip why Florida State couldn't get it done. Yeah. So I think from the run game, I think that that's a good that that's a good um vantage point for some of the things that we expect could maybe could be differences year to year. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the passing game. Is there anything on the running game you guys want to mention before we move on to the passing game?
1: No, I just think trying to incorporate reads off of all that stuff is important. You know? Sure.
2: I think that is one one thing that I don't think they did well is a lot of teams when they run these counters they're reading off the backside because you're mm-hmm. you're pulling that guard you're pulling that guard and potentially tackle or or end which means that there's usually an unblocked defender on the backside that's a perfect opportunity for for the quarterback to read and kind of take that defender out and give you more of a cutback lane. I didn't really see them reading on counter tray. I don't I don't know if you guys did. Um, but but it's an easy thing to, to incorporate. So I would personally like to see them kind of do more open up the read on counter. You you do see them do inside zone and just traditional read options. But it'd be nice to see that read extended to the counter game.
0: And I think great. it could happen. I think it could happen. Just get a little bit more exotic. Everybody's more proficient and better athletes. I'm with you on that, Kev. So moving to the passing game, I think the first thing, because we're talking about in the context of what Mike Norvell has done in the past and building it around your most dynamic offensive player, which is quarterback Jordan Travis. So I think the first thing that we wanted to touch on is the bootleg game and then specifically moving the pocket, sprinting the quarterback out, just getting Jordan Travis out of the traditional pocket um kevin do you think that florida state how much did they do it last year how much did mike norvell do it at memphis and did florida state do it enough last year for your liking yeah
2: so i think that this is always going to be a point of debate right so it's easy Good. to
0: embrace debate
2: so this <laughs> here's here's the number from last season so um this is dropbacks in pocket outside of pocket so how many times did Jordan Travis throw the ball while he was in the pocket versus outside of the pocket, right? So you have 135 attempts in the pocket versus 58 outside. Um, The numbers are very comparable between the two. Um, He did try to throw the ball further downfield on average air yards uh, per attempt. But other than that, the the numbers are pretty comparable. Uh, He was hit. Less in the pocket than outside of the pocket, which I guess makes sense because you're also factoring in the times that he had to leave the pocket because there was pressure. Um, Correct.
0: It doesn't discriminate in those stats, unfortunately.
2: Right. We unfortunately don't have access to just pure rollout or, or um, those kind of stats. I, I do think it's important. What this isn't showing is, is rush yards. Uh, I, I would venture to say that the rush yards are probably a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that the passing yards are comparable uh, and you open yourself up to more rushing opportunities for, for Jordan Travis to get in space, I think it's kind of a no-brainer to up this number and really uh, you know, take advantage of, of him as a runner and try to try to get him outside the pocket, try to encourage him to, to run the ball and really stress the defense, again, horizontally, which is something I think we can all agree FSU didn't do a great job of, no. um, which was stressing the defense in the horizontal direction.
0: Adam, do you agree with that? Do you think that that's something that I mean, clearly it's something they did, but is it is it something that we think that Florida State should do more this year? And are there any other ways that they could do that that we haven't
1: even seen yet? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that the sprint out game has really kind of become more of a short yardage down on the goal line type deal with a lot of pick routes. Yeah. Um, I, I I do think that the bootleg game again, going back to what Jordan Travis's greatest strengths are, it's his leg. It's his leg, not just his leg, his legs. His uh, <laughs> singular leg, just one. <laughs> utilizing those to put pressure on a defense, I think, is important. And it's not something we've seen a lot of out of him and them here at Florida State. Um, I just think the more ways that you can get Jordan to stress somebody horizontally, the better off you're going to be, be getting having success vertically. Um, I think back to the play against North Carolina last year, where they booted and threw the over route to pokey Mm, that ended up being a long touchdown they've had, they, they've kind of picked their spots, but I think even they could do even more. I think building off of outside zone, which we talked about previously wanting to see more of and wanting that to be a play that becomes more of a feature in the run game naturally sets up, you know, things like a pistol backfield set. And and, uh, now we're talking, that sounds like fun, brother. Think about some of the stuff that Syracuse did last year against I was, Florida State.
0: That clip of Garrett Schrader with those, some of those yeah. big runs, it's like, where did they come from? They came from a lot of these concepts off a kid yeah. that is not even close to being as athletic as Jordan Travis.
1: Right. I mean, you're you just going kind to, of, you have to, you have to stress these teams, um, their commitment to technique. I mean, their, their discipline, getting them to try, you know, go out there and, and, you know, see, just see where are they going to play their gap? Is this end going to stay home on the backside? Is he going to do what he needs to do? Run some naked stuff, uh, you know, run, do some pullers. Uh, we talked about, you know, false pull and stuff earlier. Do some of that stuff just to get an idea and a sense of what the defense is going to do. Can you take advantage of that? Can you take it? Can you put a counter off of your bootleg? Um, you know, tight end screens. We've seen Mike Norvell use a screen game quite a bit in his time. Being able to start building screens off of these things, it I, I think bootleg game opens up so much for your playbook um, that it's always a staple for me.
0: I'm with you, and it's part of what we talked about earlier, trying to build confusion into the opposing defense. And Mike Norvell is somebody that is not opposed to using moving and pulling linemen in the passing game to Mm -hmm. really confuse those backers in that midfield. I think you had more bootleg onto that. I think it's, uh, I think it's a winning combination. Kevin, do you have any videos that you want to talk about before we move to like the next concept or any, or did we kind of cover all that?
2: Yeah. Outside of the, the Schrader uh, clip of him oh. just running free against our defense. Uh, so free. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to see examples of that, just go watch Louisville games. Um, yeah. You know, the Satterfield lives out of the Satterfield is Louisville's head coach. He lives out of the, the pistol and Malik Cunningham is one of the best two way quarterbacks in the country. And so, um, They do a good job of taking advantage of those bootlegs, running a lot of outside zone. They've kind of based their offense off outside zone, outside zone bootleg. And um, while it's not something that I think is going to be the focus of this offense, it, it would be nice to see more, you know, good
0: change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, so we've been talking a lot about what Mike Norvell has done at Memphis and how that could incorporate into this year. We haven't really touched on yet. Florida State's got a new offensive coordinator for 2022. And although we expect Mike to, you know, actually call the plays, obviously he's going to be looking at Alex Atkins for some of his influences. And Alex's influence are widely different than what Mike's had at Memphis. Mm-hmm. So something that's be that, that Alex did at two, uh Charlotte, right? Kevin, not Tulane, Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte. Right? Charlotte. And something that's actually become kind of the rage in pro football is motion. So Adam, when we talk about motion, what are we talking about? Why are teams doing it, and how has uh, Alex Atkins done it in the past when he was the OC at Charlotte?
1: Yeah. So I mean, this is you know the offense built for playmakers and all that. Oh yeah. Um, copyright register trademark. Copyright yeah. register trademark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. In the NFL, they do it a lot to try to identify coverages. Um, okay. And I almost think it would work. A, it would work differently for Florida State in yep. that it can work to get guys open because we know that this isn't still isn't a, a wide receiver core. that's uber talented. Um, and I'm not certain they've gotten a lot of guys that are going to go win one-on-one. Um, you know, so moving a guy like Malik McLean around a, uh, you know, a Pokey Wilson, a Micah Pittman, a Winston Wright, if he's able to get back and uh, participate this year, yeah, please God. Um, I think it would go a long way and be able to get those guys open. Um, and also, I think it will help Jordan Travis. You know, I don't think that Jordan's strength is identifying coverages. Um, It just is what it is. I think he does a good job, but I'm not sure he's great at it. So being able to help identify those coverages pre-snap might help him a little bit more. Um, But mostly, motion for me is helping these wide receivers out. You know, being able to get a free release against so much of the man coverage that they saw last year.
0: Uh, Yeah, and that's a good point. Go ahead, Kevin, elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, so I've got a I've got a clip of
2: uh Alex Atkins offense, uh, which was top ten in the country in usage of motion uh in his time. really yeah and Norvell one- had a big Norvell had they, they they used a lot of methods too, right? They did every year except for Kenny Dillingham's uh when he was offensive coordinator. Um
0: interesting.
2: So uh here you got a jet motion, and then there's gonna be an RPO post and Basically, what this does is uh it kind of just throws confusion into this defense. I mean, they, they are playing UMass, but I mean they're they're Charlotte. So um yeah. however, you see this guy who was originally uh capping this wide receiver that's going on the jet action. So you see the defender kind of get sucked into the box, and the quarterback's gonna read, I assume, uh, this other outside linebacker mm-hmm. to see if he wants to throw this little glance post um and you can see that there's some confusion here as as the jet brings the the one outside linebacker into the box the safety kind of loses track of who he's got and the glance is 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 wide open
0: well, look at the eyes too look at the eyes all in the backfield as the receivers run right by them which is to go to Adams point i mean th- that separation that Florida State's receivers haven't gotten naturally for years. Yeah, this is
2: manufactured separation.
0: Absolutely, yeah. which the coach's job is to put the guys in the best position to win. I mean, do we, Kevin, do you foresee if Florida State does incorporate some of the motion that Mike Norvell minus Kenny Dillingham has done in the past and Alex Atkins did a ton of at Charlotte, I mean, does that expand the use of RPOs in your opinion? Is that like a natural outgrowth of using a lot of motion?
2: I think it should, and you see it even with... uh with Memphis. So here's another play. This is the same year, but this is at Memphis instead of at Charlotte, but you see a running back motion, uh, draw someone out, draw the defender outside of the box. And then there's an RPO post that ends up in an easy completion over the middle of the field. So, um, yeah, I, I think that if you're not using RPOs, if you're not using motion, you're kind of missing out on, on, on just easy ways to manufacture easy completions. And um, the numbers kind of back that up, at least when it comes to RPOs. So um, if AB has anything else to add about motions, I, I'd like to no,
1: know. no, I think it's a natural transition to RPOs. And I think it's something we all agree needs to get reincorporated in the offense. Um, I don't believe it's been as, it's not as heavy usage as it was you know, when it was all the craze and all the rage and everything. Right, but right. I, it's still a vital part of, your, of what an offense needs to be. We haven't seen a ton of it. I think that there's reasons for that is obviously they just haven't been very good up front. They don't threaten teams with the run game. They get a ton of man coverage. RPOs aren't great against man coverage. Um, it's kind of what teams do to get you out of running those RPOs. So finding ways to get teams into zone coverage, you know, that's with – winning, you know, winning battles at wide receiver, running the ball better on plays like outside zone. Go ahead, Trey. You, I can Which tell is, you you it's, so,
0: it's psychotic to me because you have one of the most electric and threatening running quarterbacks in the country, and you still saw a lot of man. You yeah. would think that you would naturally see a bunch of zones so the defensive backs could keep their eyes in front of them as opposed to turning and running with a man. But Florida State's receivers were so bad last year they still saw a ton of man, well, as opposed to zone. and the
1: offensive line wasn't very good either. And that, right, that that forces you to keep a tight end in, It forces you to keep running back in, which allows a team to keep an extra defender in the box to key on Jordan Travis and his running ability. Teams are playing a lot more, um, you know, funneling with the defensive lineman to try to keep Jordan in the pocket. There's a lot going on, but really it boils down to they've just, I think they've got some better personnel in here now hopefully they can start utilizing some of the things that Norvell and Atkins kind of built their, you know, cut their teeth on offensively. And they can finally bring that to Florida state. I've only
0: been waiting for three years, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe we could probably start busting out some of those videos we were doing in 2020. Um, any other things you guys want to add on the running or the passing game before we kind of like succinctly wrap this up in a nice little bow like we do? I've got then, one one quick thing
2: before we move too far from RPOs, um, and th- these are the stats. So I've got the stats pulled up of run pass options performed at Memphis in 2019 versus 2021 FSU. Yeah, uh, they were pretty no. pretty similar stats, but the, the 2019 Memphis team was just good at everything. So mm-hmm. um, it's not too much of a surprise there. But even at Florida State, with the issues listed, uh, they averaged over a half yard more yards per play so 6.25 versus 5.67 on rpo plays versus non-rpo plays uh the yards per rush on 100 uh was was significantly better 6.5 ish yards per per rush versus four yards per rush
0: Hmm. um on non-rpo plays so did we run it enough? I mean, I know we had all those issues, but I'm looking at those numbers. Do it? Do I feel like even with the personnel shortages that we had, maybe we should have run it a little bit more last year? or Is that just a probably a dumb guy it, assessment? No, I know.
1: You know, look, you, they had a philosophy that they needed to try to create home run plays to be successful. Yeah, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Was that the right call? Bad call? Who, who knows? I think ultimately it was probably the right call, knowing what you had at wide receiver. Then being forced to play Mackenzie Milton, which obviously that, or choosing to play Mackenzie McK- Milton, mm-hmm. we know that that didn't work mm-hmm. out well. We're big KZ fans here. Uh, you know, Shout out Mama KZ. She's always in Ohana, the chat.
0: his family. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But uh,
1: you, you know ultimately, that didn't work out well. I think there was a lot that kind of altered the game play offensively as they went, yeah. and then were forced to keep adjusting as the quarterback uh, room was kind of a mess all year. Who's the OC um, at
0: 2019 Memphis, Kevin?
1: Uh,
2: he stayed at Memphis, so uh, I yeah. couldn't tell you his name off the top of but my head. But not Dillingham. Head. That wasn't
0: a Dillingham. I think it was
1: Silverfield, was it not? Was he the OC? I know he was the O-line coach, but but Mike ran the Mike ran the show there. I believe he was the primary play caller. Um, I don't know yeah, he, he was last year.
2: Uh, Kevin Johns. So okay. Kevin Johns ah. stayed at Memphis to be offensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, after norvell left and uh, there's a lot of similarities between how they still looked
0: after after norvell left yeah all right Gr- good stuff really really good stuff as we often do so just to kind of tie it up together we're talking about the run game what mm-hmm. florida state did a lot of last year we did a lot of counter did a lot of zone read a lot of triple option we think that they're going to continue to do a lot of counter because of mm-hmm. it's successful but we think that like I said, we're prognosticating. We don't know. This is just based on us analyzing what they've done in the past. We think that they can even maybe get a little bit more exotic reading off of the counter stuff outside inside zone. We expect them to be at least to attempt to be more of a competent zone running team, specifically to the outside stretch, the defenses laterally. Then that gives you a whole multitude of other options. You can do off of it from a passing game standpoint, move the pocket more bootlegs with Jordan, Travis, more sprint outs, things of that nature motion utilize what Mike Norvell has done in the past when he hasn't had Kenny Dillingham as the primary play caller. And what Alex Atkins did a metric F ton of it. Charlie (laughs) 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 trying to keep it family friendly. Um, And like I said, these are not only are these things that we would want. I mean, if we were game planning, Florida state's offense based off of Jordan Travis, based on what Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins have done, these are the things that we would incorporate. Mm-hmm. So like I said, hopefully, m- maybe maybe we look like Nostradomai. I don't know what the plural of nostradomus is, but maybe mm-hmm. we're a big, a big three-headed Nostradomai and all this stuff happens. Maybe Florida State goes in a whole different option. Maybe they just go full air raid and Kevin and I can dress like 15th century English pirates off the Barbary Coast and we're just having a fun time. Who knows? It's a little bit of a different offensive preview for you guys as far as what we have coming up, are we going to do something on the defense kind of similar mm-hmm. to this as well? Similar format kind of well, I, I don't know the-
1: about format. We'll see. We'll talk about that and figure out what angle we want to go
2: about. Oh. To- yeah, let us know if you guys enjoyed this format, the the more free talking stat driven um video clip show. And we'll take that into consideration when we do the defensive one as well.
0: And I I personally like it because Florida state was a five win team last year. Mm -hmm. How much do you really just want them to run it back the exact same way this year? If they're good coaches, no, there will be differences. It's a different team with different players. Like I said, it opens us for more to be wrong four or five months from now, but I I think it's more insightful. So I like it, but if you guys hate it, whatever, we're going to attack the defense. We don't know exactly what angle put your suggestions in the old comment chat guys. I thought this was a great show. I feel enlightened. My brain is expanded. Kevin, Adam, anything you want to anything anything you want to give to the peeps before we head on out? Go back Kev, to I our
2: lab.
1: Right, Kev. Yeah, something. I, kind of I
2: I wanted to toss it just real quick to you as a as a closing as a closing remark because I think I cut you off earlier. To me? Yeah. To you. Oh. So we think that Florida State's we we have confidence they can run more outside zone mm. next year. Just give me a
1: brief. Paragraph why, why, yeah, yeah, why? I think it's personnel. I mean, I think you've got, I think you're better equipped up front to be able to run that play. Um, Marie Smith being a little heavier with his athleticism, being able to overtake three techs or one techs up front. Um, I think that Dylan Gibbons is a good athletic guard. not certain about Dimitri Emanuel I'd love to watch a little more of his tape to see if he ran it a lot um especially back in 2000 was it 19 he played for Atkins did he that he started at guard uh, I'd like to watch him a little bit more he's kind of a big beefy guy um not sure how great his feet are but bless Harris is an athletic tackle I don't think they've had that along with his length those plays those plays happen when those athletic long guys can get their hands on defensive linemen. But then I also think that Trey Benson with his speed um, threatens you better uh, on the East and West, as opposed to North and South, which I think he's going to be effective inside too. But, um, you know, a guy like that getting running laterally, uh, I think it, I think it fits his style. Um, You know, that one cut, which we talked about with Sam Singleton the other night, Um, you know, a guy that, has all that speed? You want to get that out on the edge and get guys moving and allow them to make cuts off of that. Um, but I, I think really it starts up front. They've got more length and more athleticism up there now. That I think that that's where it kind of why I think they kind of are going to be able to uh, to do more of it.
0: Well said, as always, my as always my shiny headed compatriot.
1: Well, <laughs> Should be gleaming.
0: For all, yeah, you're looking good under them IPF lights, my dude. Um <laughs> Listen, and you guys are all looking good, I'm sure, watching from home, listening from your cars. We love you. Like I said, Knowles 24-7 sent off that's half baby go there subscribe get ready to go get locked in for the season subscribe to this the x's and Knowles youtube channel subscriptions on Knowles 24 7 youtube channel subscriptions on um notifications on i'm an idiot whatever go to the on the bench podcast (laughs) network if you can't watch us so you can listen to the audio or maybe you're just a disgusting degenerate and you want to like listen and watch whatever we don't care (laughs) subscribe to that rate five stars do all that good stuff i'm trey That was Kevin. That was Adam. We love you. We'll see you very soon. Keep chopping.